Hey, y'all, before we get started on today's episode, I have some exciting news to share. The Undelivered Podcast has its very first sponsor, and I can't wait to tell you about them. It's no shock that I've had a really tough history with my period. Between cramps that took my breath away, clots the size of softballs, nausea, and even back cramps, I felt for years that my period was absolutely unlivable. I walked around not knowing that the traditional tampons and pads contain a GMO-filled cotton with plastic fibers that actually made us bleed heavier and were created to make us use more of them. How convenient. They cause more painful cramps, and wouldn't you know it, they contain multiple carcinogens that disrupt our natural hormones and could cause infertility. That is why I am so thankful that I found the Lena Cup. The Lena Cup is a reusable menstrual cup that is made from 100% medical-grade silicone, and it's free of harmful BPAs, toxins, fragrances, and chemicals. The Lena Cup can be worn for up to 12 hours, and you don't feel it at all. Seriously, the very first day that I wore my Lena Cup, I went hiking with minimal bleeding and zero cramps. It has absolutely changed my life. Undelivered listeners can now receive a 10% discount at checkout on lenacup.com by entering the code LENA-UNDELIVERED. That's in all caps at lenacup.com, and it's L-E-N-A-UNDELIVERED. Try it for yourself today, and thank you guys so much for being here. Welcome to the Undelivered Podcast, where we talk about women's health, infertility, miscarriage, and everything else that no one told you. This is The Undelivered. All right, Ashley, I have to ask yeah. you something. What? What is going on with Britney Spears? Oh my Do you God, I thought you were going to ask me something about what's going on with my hair. And I was about to be like, oh. look, this is what it is. <laughs> um, no. no, okay. I actually read something about all that on her Instagram the other night. I didn't know that things were unwell again. I mean, every time I go on Instagram, I see her butt. It's the first thing I see. Or her boobies. I mean, Mm -hmm. look, she's 40 and I think she still looks great. But you don't, I I just don't know what's going on with all. I don't know. Well, I think it's probably like her, her way of the big middle fingers and her family's face. Like y'all did not let me. Yeah. You didn't drive my own car. For 10 years. So now, I mean, it's probably not yeah. the best way to go about it. You know, if I had some freedom, my freedom back, I don't know if I would necessarily like, you know, be nude mm-hmm. all the time, but sure. yeah. maybe, maybe it's like, it really, really bothers them. So she's like, yeah, maybe. hey, bless her heart. Okay. Anyways, hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Undelivered. We're not going to talk about Britney Spears today, but that's just been one of those things where I'm like, I think everybody's watching and sort of like cringing a little bit. It is cringing. Yeah. It's hard to watch. It is. It is. And I said something about that on Instagram stories the other day and three women sent me a DM and said, I had to unfollow her. Like, I just can't do it anymore. It's too, it's too uncomfortable. That, so that makes me sad for yeah. her. I just can't imagine. Oh, Brit, Brit. What what was it that Heather McMahon always said? She's like, she never wanted to be this famous. She wanted to like make one record and then move home and be like an LSU dance coach and have <laughs> well, kids. That, that never happens with fame. Sorry. I guess not. So anywho, hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Undelivered. Ashley is very pregnant and we're going to wrap pregnant. up season two soon we've only got a few episodes left um very pregnant 
I'm officially nine months pregnant. <gasps> mm-hmm. Which, you know, like this really has started to irk me. And maybe it's just because I'm sure it's just because I'm pregnant right now. But and it's why, hot as hell. Why, oh my God. Oh, so hot. But I can still wear my wedding rings. Okay. We're not there yet. But can we please normalize pregnancy? Everybody agreeing. And like, let's start saying, uh, instead of it's going to be a long nine months. No, pregnancy is 10 months long. Mm. People like okay. I'm nine months pregnant. I'm 36 weeks pregnancy will turn pre- it's 40 weeks it is yeah. 10 months <clears throat> yeah stop trying to steal that extra month of, I would even you say know pregnancy is a year right because so few people talk about the fourth trimester of like oh. the beginning stages of postpartum and you're still swollen and you're well I think postpartum like I think fourth trimester in and of itself is like a solid year yeah but but yeah pregnancy is 10 months oh bless your and I'm starting to feel it I feel I mean I feel okay I'm just tired by the end of the day yeah my husband might disagree that I'm like well (laughs) but I'm just you know yeah my fuse is getting a teeny tiny bit shorter every day Mm, I I hear you I just can't imagine being pregnant in this heat the heat is it honestly hasn't been that bad until probably I'd say the last two weeks. It's been like that's it's getting a little bit miserable. Yeah. Like it's it, but thankfully, so Ridge loves to play outside, but like it's even too hot for him. Mm-hmm. Most days, like we'll go out for a little bit and then he'll be like, Mama, I want to go inside. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Good (laughs) Lord. Sounds like a plan, but I'm just very thankful to be in Tennessee because I like just want to laugh my butt off every time I hear somebody up here talk about how hot it is because I'm like, y'all ain't, y'all don't have a clue about Mississippi. Oh man. The humidity is 10 times harder and hotter in Mississippi. Humidity for a second. (laughs) Okay. We'll get y'all just to stay with us here. We're going to talk about women and wine. Okay. But for a second, I posted a very controversial video, I guess the other day <clears throat> about, <laughs> Oh my God, your bed sheets. I, I air dry my bed sheets and some person who does not even follow me. It was a teenager, a teenager from like Seattle, Washington. She oh my God. Time. Did she, did she, was this the one who told you how like the percentage of humidity that is yes. always like the percentage of humidity in the Pacific Northwest. I'm like, I don't want to talk about humidity with you, my dear sweet girl. And she left like four different comments. Like, I bet your mattress is really moldy if you just turn it over. And I'm like, I swear people can't do anything on the internet. I mean, I I guess I walked into it because you post these things and Instagram's going through this weird thing right now. where like, they don't know what they're doing, but I posted a video because I talked about it on stories and I showed everybody how I air dry my sheets. Cause well, I think people, people were asking too, like they wanted to know. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, apparently it's just a, a strange I had, thing. I had never heard of it. I'm not going to lie. Well, it, it's changed my life and I've done it for like a year now and my mattress is not moldy, but you, <laughs> you were laughing at me cause you're like your mother. Your mother. I just, that, like, that, that, that was funny. Oh, geez, no, I get it though. Because <laughs> like I, 
I guess around the the same time I posted me like eating the frozen raw beef liver and which y'all I am not is it not um, going well no no I'm saying I'm just not good with technology you know like I am no Bailey Henry so I was just gonna post like a video and then Instagram was like hey if you put up a reel blah 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 Mm-hmm. okay whatever well then all these random people started commenting I'm like oh shit but they were not <laughs> being nice like one no. guy was like no one's making you do this and I said well obviously <laughs> like why why waste your finger movement with that type of response like I know, no kidding I- no one's making me do this I wanted like, to be like, Google it. yeah, Ugh. I wanted to comment back to that girl who was like, she made four separate comments, like humidity, mold, gross, flip it over. Why not dry your sheets? And I looked at, she said, she got a public. She should have been like, we don't have electricity down here. Down here in Mississippi. We just air dry everything. You should see our boobs wet. Like that's what I should have said to her. But I looked at her profile and I'm like, you're a teenager and you still live with your parents. Ask your mother about her laundry routine, little girl. Like, get out of here. Anyways, anyways, we did not mean to go off the tangent. A little bit of a troll. Um, We are wrapping up season two. Thank you all for being here. We're going to talk today about not so much a mommy wine culture, but I guess just women and alcohol consumption because and Ashley and I, I think have different uh takes on this which I love because mm-hmm. we don't have to agree on everything but <clears throat> I I've I've been pretty open and honest that in the beginning days of my infertility um I kind of used wine and food as a crutch and then I this is gonna sound kind of weird I think but um I read Jessica Simpson's memoir Mm, I, I, that's she, actually on my list she had a really bad drinking problem to the point mm-hmm. where one of the last days that she over consumed and got drunk she can't remember getting her children dressed um she couldn't take her kids to school so that kind of opened my eyes to it and then I just started paying attention it's everywhere every song every influencer um every TV show, movie, hashtag coastal grandmother, hashtag mommy juice. It's just, and I think I was kind of allowing myself to get these messages. Like you don't, you're, you don't know how to relax unless you have a glass of wine in your hand. And that was a really dangerous rhetoric to me. And so I put out on Insta stories, you know, I kind of had to reframe how I looked at alcohol consumption um, I come from a long line of really heavy drinkers. Um, and I didn't expect people to be so open about their concerns with it too. Um, but man, the floodgates have opened. So we're going to go over all the responses that I got later. But Ashley, you said that you kind of had a different view on it. Well, so- I just... I feel like it's so individualized, like alcohol in general is so individualized and so circumstantial. I feel like when you use the the term like mommy wine culture, that that's very much generalizing. Like it's, I feel like that's putting mom 
moms and like alcohol in a box. And I don't feel like it's that way at all. Like, I don't see, I've never had, neither of my parents are alcoholics. I mean, I do one side of my family are definitely heavy drinkers. Like my grandparents used to own, um, United beverage, which is now capital, capital city beverage. Oh, no way. Yeah. So like if you brought anything into the Partridge household, other than Miller light, <laughs> when I was growing up, like you were immediately kicked out. It, it's okay. just, so heavy drinkers on one side, my mom, my mom has always drank, but like in a moderate responsible way, you know, I've never, it's just always been normal to me. I've never seen it as a problem and mm-hmm. I myself don't have a problem. So I, I think that's where we have different views because I'm just like, I think it's so individualized. Yeah. No, I agree. But, I mean, it's, yeah. And I feel like that's just one more thing to like moms already have so much on their shoulders anyways, I feel like. And so uh, that's yeah. one, that's like another thing I feel like to be able to mom shame somebody about or like another You're burden right. on their shoulders because let's be real. Nobody's talking about dad's coming home from work and having a beer I or know. a cocktail. So like, or even people who aren't parents, like one of my so I, I polled a bunch of people about this, um, trying to like gather my thoughts, I guess, because mm-hmm. I know how you, I mean, I don't a hundred percent know how you feel about it, but we've talked enough about it to know that we kind of don't exactly agree yeah. on this. And one of my friends brought up a good point. She was like, well, was somebody in my mom group was like, what if, um, Like, why does it have to just be moms? Like women, men, people who aren't parents, what's the difference in them coming home from a long, hard, stressful day at work and like wanting to unwind with a glass of wine or a cocktail? Like, why is it so different for, for parents to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think obviously then the question of okay well how much are we drinking here right obviously that comes into play and and (laughs) that I started realizing so let's be honest women most of the time in household are the primary caregivers after children come home from school right so if you have a dad coming home and he's had a stressful day and he has several drinks no matter if it's like hard liquor or beer or whatever um, they're not, there's I no think, shame in it. There's all. no shame in it because they're not the primary cook, clean, bath time, story time, bedtime, you know, whatever. And I remember getting some really good advice from some friends of ours <clears throat> before Samuel moved home with us. And it was kind of like, well, now it's, it, now it's a toss up. Both of you can't get, you know, on a Friday night, you know, it's the weekend or whatever, and you've had a long stressful week and you go out for celebratory drinks, you have to consider, okay, God forbid if, if an emergency happened and we had to drive to the hospital, mm-hmm. one of us can't 
have that one extra drink because somebody's going to have to drive to the hospital or right. stay up with the baby or, you know, whatever. So that was interesting to me, but no, you're absolutely right. And that was one thing that I had a lot of conversations with people getting ready for the episode. It's, it's a double standard, but when is there not, you know, yeah. men versus women. Um, but yeah, dads don't um, necessarily get that shame and stigma, which is interesting because statistically in the research that I did, men have always drank more. They will always drink more. Um, so that was interesting, but I grew up in a family that was very, it was, we were kind of a party family, right? Like we used any excuse to like, Oh, you made the honor roll. Let's go, you know, have a crawfish boil or there was always beer there or, um, I don't think my mom drank a lot of wine until she got older. She was always a, a Miller Lite, you know. Hey, kind she of, was kind of a girl. fit right in with my fam. I knew yeah. I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, you know, it, it was just one of those things that like it was always there. And I do remember my mom apologizing to me one time when I was in high school because we moved from New Orleans to Picayune when I was young. And obviously there's a very big cultural difference between New Orleans, Louisiana, right. and Mississippi. And um, we went out, my, my high school dance team would go out to the Mexican restaurant like once a week and a handful of moms would go. And my mom would always order a beer with her Mexican food. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, it's delicious. delicious. That's normal. It's normal. Well, all the other moms would order sweet teas. And I think my mom started to pay attention to that and she felt... She asked me one time if that was like embarrassing to me and she would have one, like she wasn't getting overserved. She would have water and a beer, but she was like, is that embarrassing for you? And she, and she would always have to remember cause she lived in new Orleans her whole life. She's like, God, we're not in the city anymore. Like we're in, you know, we're in a well, small town, Mississippi. It is such a cultural thing though, too, because in so many European countries, it wine with a meal it's normal. It's so normal. Kids yeah. having wine yeah, at dinner. It's so normal. At like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so normal, but I feel like, I don't know. That's why it's such an indiv individual thing because so growing up my childhood, alcohol was just, it was, it was not taboo, you know, yeah, like it, it wasn't, wasn't either. And so, but I, I feel like that way you, you learn differently because like when I, so then when I got to college, I mean, yeah, I drank a lot in college, but right. I feel like I didn't go nearly as ham <laughs> as some of the kids who pay, whose parents like, oh my gosh, we do not drink in front of our kids. Like, you know, I feel like it teaches when you, when your kids are seeing you drink in a responsible, that is like the big if you hear anything I say, if responsibly drinking, I feel like it, it models for your kids how to be responsible with it themselves. Right. Like that you can take it or leave it, pick it up, have a beer with dinner and celebrate or walk away from it and, and not. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's all about boundaries and knowing your own boundaries. And yeah, if that's just like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's just not that big of a deal to some people as adults but then <clears throat> I also know somebody um whose parents did not drink at all like with him growing up and 
he developed a, like a truly a hardcore Mm. alcohol problem. And so it's like, you can't, I don't think we can say, well, you shouldn't drink in front of your kids because then that's going to like be detrimental to them or they're going to develop a problem, you know? Yeah. But what's so interesting is that some of the feedbacks that I got were from some moms who say that their kids already notice at such a young age when they're drinking like wine versus water. Um, But, you know, I'll, again, I should probably run these things by my family before (laughs) before we start recording episodes, but um, alcoholism is alive and well on my dad's side of the family. Yeah. And there's an alarming statistic. Hold on. Let me pull it up and make sure that I read this right, because there was a lot of things um, that I found getting ready for this episode. Um, If you have a parent or a sibling struggling with alcoholism, you are four times more at risk of developing an alcohol dependence than individuals without a family history. Genetics believe that genes from parents who struggle with alcoholism are passed down to their children. If the addiction is from your father's side of your family, the risk are higher of alcohol dependence forming. And if your father is an alcoholic, you are 90% at a higher risk of having an issue yourself. Wait, what? Where did this come from? I'll put it in the show notes. I didn't copy and paste the the thing, but it said a 90% higher risk. Um, And then I noticed, so even for myself, right? Like during the pandemic, is really when people started drinking a lot, myself included, because I'm like, well, (laughs) don't know if I'm going to have a job. What else is there to do? (laughs) We can't go anywhere. Everything is shut down. Yeah. So I started doing like quarantine happy hour on Instagram. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, it was a scary time. It was terrifying. It was truly terrifying. I think that was a big, a big, um, like reason I think a lot of people were drinking a if you've had your kids at home with you all oh dead my day. god yes yes like, like people all of a sudden became homeschool parents and they did right. not sign I, up for that and then there was like the fear factor of it all and the mm-hmm. stress like I, I definitely think COVID was a huge catalyst it was so all that from March 1st to April 18th of 2020 There were large increases of alcohol sales in the United States. Data from the week ending March 21st indicated that alcohol sales um, for liquor stores had increased by 54%. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And online alcohol sales increased by 262%. That's (laughs) Compared to the year before in 2019. Although the increases in alcohol sales did not remain at these levels, overall data shows that for a time period... Um, in-store consumption was up 21% and online alcohol sales, which Mississippi knows nothing about, um, was up 234%. It is unclear, however, whether individuals had increased their alcohol consumption or if they were stockpiling alcoholic beverages at home, Mm. which is an interesting concept Mm -hmm. because I do kind of remember people starting to sort of prep a little bit, you know, like, well, if, I mean, yeah, like shoot, <clears throat> we got to get all this toilet paper. We got to make sure we need a reason to use it. <laughs> right. Um, and then these are just, you know, some of my notes and I'll start getting into the social media feedback, but alcohol consumption is present everywhere, specifically for women. Um, and I started looking at that, especially after I read Jessica Simpson's memoir, 
um, it's in TV, uh, influencers, Instagram, TikTok, movies, music, all the things. Um, the housewives. I don't watch a whole lot of reality TV, but the Bravo housewives are drunker than Cooter Brown all the damn time. Like they are just sloshing them back. It's wildly entertaining, well, but it's I'm a bit. Say, they're probably given that to <laughs> yeah. make it more entertaining. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how boring would it be if they all sat around with their waters and teas? That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't, this has kind of been on my heart for a while to just sort of explore. I like to explore and research and, and, and just look at how other people tick and operate. And for me, when I had to sort of reassess, because that's how I grieve, right? We, we've talked about that. I mm-hmm. overconsume everything when I'm really, really struggling with grief or anxiety. I overeat, overdrink, overshop, overscroll, and certainly like over panic and analyze. Um, in my head, I'm sure that comes as no shock to you. <laughs> I wish I could see my face. <laughs> Ashley P. Worthington. I was talking to my mom the other day and I was like, I need to call Ashley. And she went, Ashley P. Ashley P. Worthington. Gosh, she's so precious. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I had to really look back and think, okay, I do I want to use the language like sober do I want to be sober do I need to be no not really because I don't have a problem but do I think and I had this conversation with my mom we kind of came from a family a cultural you know New Orleans heritage party Mardi Gras happy hour kind of a thing um we idolized it right I mean it was always it was always around um it's like your extra family member (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And my grandparents, they knew how to throw parties, you know? So um, I I just had to sort of reframe how I looked at it because I want to enjoy it for the long haul. And I've seen people in my family who have really, really struggled with an alcohol addiction and then their liver is shot and Mm -hmm. then you can't enjoy it anymore. And That's not how I want to age, right? Like I want to be able to enjoy spirits and celebrations and, you know, drinks whenever you want to, as long as you want to. Um, And then I started doing a lot of research. You can't, like if you enjoy every single day, you are at a risk for like fatty liver disease and cirrhosis. And well, let me jump in. Please do. <laughs> so that the fatty liver, all of that, I would put money on um, our American diet contributing more to that than the alcohol. No way. Yes. Do you mean like combined because I also read I mean I'm sure I'm sure combined like if you're eating the typical western American diet and consuming large amounts of alcohol yeah like your liver's taking a double hit but if it's like an occasional an occasional thing and like you end up with a fatty liver mm-hmm. first of all some of that is hereditary but I would say that is more 
our our diet oh my gosh because of what bailey the seed oils the seed oils (laughs) goodness gracious well you know i'm kind of thinking about that like there um i can't remember which documentary it was but it was uh, i watch a lot of weird shit y'all know that um (laughs) but this person excuse me i got a frog in my throat this person was kind of like he made room because he loved to drink and he was very open and honest about that. He's like, I love having a beer with friends. I love having a good glass of wine with a steak. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, having cocktail hour while I'm on the golf course. And he knew that there was like a, a liver disease in his family and he was at a higher risk for diabetes and all these things. So he overcompensated with cleanses and working out and drinking more water so he could, you know, right. Have a lot of fun uh, so I guess that yeah that makes sense if you really want to do it you make room for it um so I don't know but to me there's again it's that double standard and that pressure on women since we are the primary and I don't mean that across the board but just the people like in my own household and all the other women who I know who have small children you're doing the cooking the kitchen cleaning the bath my husband helps, but I mean, I'm, as I said, you know, when I got sick with COVID a couple of weeks ago, I am Grand Central Station. If we all, if right. I go down, we all go down. So <laughs> well, it's like you can be in the kitchen cooking dinner and I'm, I'm using my family for example. I'll be in the kitchen cooking dinner. Brandon will be sitting on the couch and Ridge will run into the kitchen and ask me to do something for him. Correct. I'm like, yes. bro, your dad <laughs> is in there on the couch. Go ask him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I know what you're saying. Like, it's yeah. just, we are the, the doers and the, the fixers and the, if there's yeah. a problem. Which again is why we want a glass of wine at the end of the day. Cause we're freaking no tired. We're so tired for moms. Like your day doesn't end at 5 PM. No. Like your day also might not even end when you finally get your kid down for the night like if you've got to prep for something for them for the next day or clean up house or you know like your your day could be a very 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 long day Mm -hmm. so like you best believe when I can can consume alcohol again like don't you dare try (laughs) to take that away from me (laughs) yeah you know and, you know, Kyle is so helpful, you know, around the house and with our schedule with Sam. And uh, this is such an interesting little pit stop. But when Samuel first moved home with us, there was no discussion about schedule or responsibility. It was oh, yeah. just a given. It's like a natural, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it was going to be all on me. And so I remember just my life changed overnight in the scariest, fastest, and best way possible, my life was completely changed. And my morning routine had been completely hijacked. I always wake up a little bit early anyway, but I woke up and went straight to the kitchen to get juice and a fruit pouch and then to go get him ready and have, you know, when he first moved home with us, I'd I'd taken some time off of work and he wasn't in school. And then it was me taking care of him, getting him ready for the day or getting him ready for school. And like four months had gone by and I'm not that great of a morning person anyway, 
Um, but I remember <laughs> we woke up one morning and Kyle was like, good morning. It's going to be a great day. And it had been like four months since <laughs> Sam had moved home with us. And I was just exhausted. And I woke up and I just let him have it for no reason. It was our fault. We didn't, we didn't know that we needed to discuss all this stuff all of a sudden, but I'm like, your morning routine is just so friggin' fantastic, isn't it? Like your life hasn't changed. You wake up and go check your phone and get in the shower and get ready for work and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't look at myself. I don't take care of myself until 1130 now, 1130. And so, yeah, like it's just he's a great dad, but women just do more. Moms just do more. Yeah. And so, I agree with that. and so then I feel guilty for even bringing up this topic because I'm like, shit, let women do whatever they want. Do, do whatever you want. But it's then on the other side of that, I didn't realize how many women wanted to talk about this. And then I looked at my own family and my own inner circle and started doing research. And there's somebody in my life who has a lot of small children and I think <clears throat> that they, that they over drink. And so I've wondered, what are you going to remember? I know that it's hard. I know that having small children is so hard. I know that having, being outnumbered by those small children is hard, but they're only young for a millisecond. Yeah. And, and I've wondered what truly, because they, they drink that much. What are you going to remember of those moments? And I don't mean to put any kind of guilt or shame on another mom, but it's, it's, it makes me wonder, I don't, I don't know. Am I making sense? Like I, I, I don't want to guilt or shame anybody, but, but from coming from, from my position of really being able to appreciate motherhood, cause I had to fight so freaking hard for it how, how can we find a better way? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to say don't drink at all. Cause I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to enjoy a glass right. of wine whenever. I mean, but, your, your husband was a freaking bartender in college. You have you the know perfect what? freaking setup for oh, some and it great cocktails. Handy. Let me tell you something. It's like riding a bike. We can, we can, know. Be, you'll send me pictures of stuff he makes. And I'm like, I know he made like a watermelon so right now. <laughs> what did he make me? A watermelon mojito, I think. Yeah. It was <gasps> something like that. There was some green stuff in it. From oh, it was mint from the garden and it was Smith County. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. County watermelons. Yeah. Doggone it. That was good. So mm. <clears throat> again, we say this every episode. What is the answer? What's the happy medium? No idea. Do we we don't know. Do we do we not consume alcohol and and try to set good examples for our children and soak in every last minute but then again i say even if you're sober as a nun our phones are consuming so much oh that's way of more of memory. an addiction than isn't it i yeah, think no, yeah no doubt yeah so i you know and i want i think you're right like the the standard american diet because for me, I also have to worry about liver disease in my family. I have mm -hmm. to worry about high blood pressure. I have to worry about um, cancer. I mean, everybody does, but that's very prevalent. It's very directly affected your yeah. bloodline. Yeah. And so I just, 
what's the, my grandfather always used to say too much of everything is a bad thing. Or isn't that how the, the too much goes? of a good, wait, what is it? Too much of. <laughs> wait, what what's do you that think? phrase? I don't know. Too much of anything is, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Hey! I need to Google that. What's the phrase? <laughs> I can't even God. think of it. My brain is mush right now. Mine is too. Well, y'all know what I mean. Like too much of anything is oh no God. shit. I'm, I'm messing on. it up. I'm I gotta it look up. it up. Hey guys, it's Bailey. I'm interrupting today's podcast to ask a huge favor of you, and I hope that you don't mind. A few weeks ago, I announced this big campaign to sell 10,000 copies of my book, Having a Baby and Other Things I'm Bad At, Short Stories About Living Life with Infertility. And so far, it's going okay. I have been so blessed with the outpouring of love and support and people buying my book and having it in their stores and salons and talking about it online. I've just been so, so blessed and fortunate. I really could not ask for more. So I feel incredible incredibly guilty asking for more. Um, We still have a long way to go before I reach my goal of 10,000. So if you could think of a friend to send it to, you can buy it on Audible, listen to it in your car on the way to work while you're at work. That's none of my business. Give it to a friend. It's not all bad. Parts of it are really funny. Parts of it, I hope, are really truthful and that they resonate with you and your people and your loved ones. And I just thank you so much for believing in me sharing my story. My book, Having a Baby and Other Things I'm Bad At, is available on Amazon and Audible. Choose your way. Oh, 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 an ebook. Yeah. Um, Buy it however you like it. Woo, okay. I guess we're just never going to find out. (laughs) Someone (laughs) please help us. (laughs) What is that phrase? Too Too much of anything is a bad thing. And I think, okay, no matter what the phrase is, that's true, right? Like even... I was you texting can turn a healthy something into yes, addiction. And- I was texting Jermaine the other day about some supplement that I was about to start taking. I can hear you drinking your water. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I was texting her about a supplement and she was like, yes, it's great, but I would only take it like twice a week because then that'll mess with your thyroid. And I'm like, huh, too much of anything. Is that it? Too much of anything is a bad thing. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We give so, up. Moving on. To give up. Um, so as always, we took to Instagram. And again, we I'm just so thankful. Nobody owes us this information, Ashley, but I, I'm just so thankful that we've set up a community where people they know we're gonna talk about it on the podcast and they still <laughs> just freely Well, we're women. We can't help but give our opinions. That's true. But no, some of this stuff was really Really eye-opening. Yeah. So I want to read it and talk about it. Um, The first one that I got was, uh, anyways, okay. She said, (laughs) when I became a mom, I felt like I had lost so much of my identity, especially in the early days. I was somewhat of a party girl in college, and I grew up in a household that really celebrated and was moderate drinkers. Um, I think I sort of clung to that shred of who I used to be before becoming a mom because so much had changed. I couldn't dress the same because age and childbirth wrecked my body. We moved and I had no friends and the friends that I did have did not have children. So I think my three to four glasses of wine each night became my constant. Oh my God. Did I write this? Was this for me? I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, I mean, a lot of that. I feel a lot of that. Yeah, I do too. Um, And then another one said, 
I think this is a way to signal other to other people that they're not just moms, that they're still the people that they used to be and know symbolically and alcohol marks the cut between kid friendly and not kid friendly, that part of themselves. So they're saying that the person is still in there and they don't have to do all these kid related things um, and they're still the same person. Like that's your adult time. That is yeah. your, yeah, I, I like that. Um, and then, you know, I've got seven pages of responses. Again, I'm just so seven thankful. pages? Seven screenshots of like the little small boxes. Wow. Um, <clears throat> a woman commented and said, these polls are always my favorite, but this one hits different. Growing up, there was never any alcohol in my house, not out to dinner, not on holidays, nothing. It just wasn't a thing. Now I'm 28 and my mom is an alcoholic and divorced after 32 years of marriage. It's a whole ordeal. She had gastric sleeve surgery and gave up one addiction and traded it for another mm. food for alcohol. So now I might have a glass of wine out with friends or at a nice dinner, but otherwise I'm terrified of ending up like my mother. There's so much to unpack here. I could go on for hours. I um, think, I think <clears throat> that's, that's a key thing is there's always going to be so much to unpack there because I think so much of our drinking habits are influenced by yeah. So many different factors. Yeah. Everybody, nobody's is going to be the same. And speaking to like, if you have, especially a, like a parent that's an alcoholic, mm-hmm. I think, cause I've seen this with like people that I know, I think you're going to be either so hyper aware of your own drinking or you're going to like go the dir- direct opposite way. Right. And like go crazy with it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, anyways, that's just my, my thought on that comment. And I think, I don't know, it's just such a, I think as long as you're aware of it and that for me was the dangerous part, I wasn't aware of my crutches. Right. And which that word crutch, so many women use that, um, in the responses. One woman said unexplained infertility here. And I was always afraid that my alcohol consumption, um, was a part of that. Um, another woman said that she wants to be more aware of it because her daughter already at age two and a half can notice a difference and is calling her out when she's, um, drinking at home. Um, say that's when I'd have to tell my two-year-old to mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) another woman said, I'm a daughter of an addict, and I realized very early on that some stuff wasn't worth the risk. Another woman said, if I feel like I, quote, need a drink to unwind, that is a sign to me that something is wrong. I should want to enjoy it and not feel like I need it. Um, Another woman said, my dad was a functioning alcoholic, and because of that, I do not drink at all. The trauma of him ruining my birthday because he was drunk has stuck with me. Um... And another woman said, sometimes it's just the only thing that gets me through dinner, bath, chores, and bedtime. <laughs> I hear you. Yep. I hear you. Um, another woman said, when I realized mentally that I was using it as a vice because mommy juice culture exists after a long day or these kids or because of these kids, I was like, nope, I don't need this. And so I quit. And then I couldn't get pregnant for a while. And I was too scared to go back. Um. Another woman said, I can see how it goes from occasional to the regular. And I just, three women said this, I just don't need the extra calories. And then two other women said, I would rather have dessert. 
Okay. Chocolate cake's never given you a buzz though. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, it depends on what's in that chocolate cake, Bailey. Well, that's true. Brownies. Um, another woman said, too many thoughts here. My awareness continues to rise. I have cut back, but not cut out. Not sure. I never will. <laughs> I was raised in a very strict Baptist home. Parents didn't ever drink, so I drank socially and also in my bathtub after a long day. Mm-hmm. Um, her best friends, her best friend is in AA, so she's respectful and knows how to be monitoring of that. Um, another one said, I limit wine to only date nights. Another one said, I recently stopped drinking and realized how much our society is absolutely filled with it. Um, One woman said, my husband is sober, so I try to be very careful. We don't keep it in the house. And before I had my child, she had one glass of wine a month. Another response was, like everything else, Americans just take it too far. I thought that was funny. Um... Raised by an alcoholic mother, and now I'm triggered by my husband's one drink a day. Um, I feel the exact same way. I just went seven days without a single drink for the first time in years. Um, Another woman said, alcohol is way too overused, and it's the leading cause of breast cancer in women. I'm not sure. Um, That might be opinion-based, opinion-based. Alcohol has nearly destroyed my husband's side of the family. Um, I've, I've felt very left out of mom get togethers while raising my kids because I'd order a sweet tea instead of an alcoholic drink and we didn't keep alcohol in our, in our home. Okay. That's really sad. You know what? That kind of makes, that breaks my heart for whoever that is. I know. And I, I think that was kind of a, a percentage, you know, where people could vote on a poll. It wasn't a lot, but if a handful of women felt like either they were excluded from some things or they felt pressured, you know, kind of peer pressure always exists, I guess. Um, I think that's, and I hate to say it, but I, I feel like maybe whatever friend group, whoever this is, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's maybe the difference between like true friends and, um, like good time party acquaintance friends. Cause yeah. like, you know, my, my true friends, like, I don't care if you're not drinking. Like if that's, yeah, if that's your decision, like, I'm not going to want to hang out with you any less. Like that's weird right. to me. Yeah. Um, at one woman said, I'm really surprised the percentage isn't higher for men than women. It is. I, the, the screenshot that I put up on Instagram when, when I was collecting all this information, the, the percentage of men drinking has always been higher, will always be higher. Um, but okay. Another one said, I'm a weekend only drinker now, mainly because in my old age, I get hung over easily. Ooh, that's another part that it, mm-hmm. it gets the recovery. harder. That, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially when you got to like get up with and, kids, and, maybe. Yeah, with children, like, that's, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, needing alcohol to deal with motherhood is a toxic mentality and not a healthy way to cope. I come from a family with alcoholism and then in parentheses, she wrote, who doesn't? Um, so I just make sure to keep it in check. Um, another one said it's a crutch and it covers up true socializing opportunities and it could lead to scary times. Um, and then another woman sent me 
two women actually sent me a message and said that they've really had to assess how they view alcohol because they are binge drinkers. They could go months, years even without touching it. But then if they do, they know and their like their spouses know that they're driving that night, obviously, because they're not going to stop until they're blacked out. Mm. So I don't know again, what to say to all that because I feel like it's it's just all so different. It's it's all so different and and also personal. But I guess, you know, I just wanted to have this conversation because I feel like none of us are alone, right? There's so many more people who responded that like they really wanted to cut back or they needed to cut back or they're binge drinkers or um, they're terrified that they're going to end up like their parents. So many, I, I don't know, because I, I honestly, I kind of felt like, okay, if I open this can of worms and I say that we're going to talk about wine culture with mothers slash women slash caregivers or whoever, um, I could really be kind of putting myself on the chopping block. Like, yeah, no, you definitely made <clears> me <throat> nervous wanting to talk about it. Not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not like that. Cause like, I'm not scared to talk about <clears throat> like controversial stuff, you know? I guess it was more, I was like, wait, like, what is, what is her take on this? Because I, like, I don't, I guess I just don't see it as a problem. I can see where it definitely could be a problem. Yeah. But not for me. (laughs) I don't know. And I feel like, so I talked to a couple of women and it, and it is different. The, I guess to say the damage, if you have an alcoholic father versus an alcoholic mother, um, I think the way that we're, that we receive trauma as children versus what parent did what to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that has probably a lot to. Yeah. It was interesting because the, the women who have, well, besides the one that absolutely broke my heart, um, reading that someone's father had ruined their birthday. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think as long as we're aware of it and some days, especially the pandemic, you know, and I didn't even get, I mean, I, I read enough comments, but there was some that was like, I turned into a homeschool parent overnight. Like I did mm-hmm. not sign up that. Um, and, and for those who missed the stories, female women started drinking 41% more during the pandemic, which I'm surprised that it wasn't higher, um, than 41%. Yeah. I'm curious to know which women they asked. (laughs) Um, but I think as long as you're aware of it, that's, you want to get ahead of it before it gets ahead of you. Right. Because, again, nobody wakes up one day and says, oh, I think today's the day I'll try alcoholism. Like, it's a progressive overtime thing that you don't realize that maybe you don't even want, but your body starts to crave it, right? There's so much more sugar in wine than we realize, and sugar is addicting. Alcohol is addicting. Mm -hmm. Like, the act of looking at the clock, waiting for five o'clock thinking, okay, now I can relax or, or we've got soccer tonight and I'm exhausted or we've got bath to do or whatever. Um, 
I don't know. I just want to make sure, you know me, I want to talk about all the things. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. And some women were even like, I stopped drinking because I started aging. Like vanity. Again, like the last episode, (laughs) you were like, vanity will get us every time. (laughs) No, for Um, for sure. Yeah. I guess when we were, when, before we record, we were like gathering our thoughts about all this. I, the biggest, like two questions I had with all these polls that Bailey does I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I miss your polls. Like I, there are some days I don't get on Instagram until like 9 PM. And then I'm like, okay, I got to stop. I got to read. But my, like my biggest questions with this whole thing was, okay. Are all of these, as far as mom wine culture, like are all of these women answering, are they moms? And Two, did they start drinking more after children? Because personally, I mean, y'all have heard about my wild mid-20s a bit, but like I drink way less now than I used to. You know what what I mean? So it's like, is it has... Oh God, that's my father. Daddy, gotta go. (laughs) I'm recording the podcast. Shit. Oh, that was so cute. You have to leave that in. Oh, well, Richard made an appearance. Hello. Okay. He was so excited that you answered. We're going to see them tomorrow. So, yeah, that's right. Oh, cute. Um, I just made me want to call my dad. Oh, um, shoot. Oh, so I mean, like for me, I drink way less now, which is maybe yeah. why I don't see it as problematic. Now, if you're carting your kids around buzzing, like, and you're driving them around town or, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's one thing, but yeah, if like, if I'm at home, if Ridge is asleep, if I wanted, right. Right, <laughs> if I wanted to drink anything like please somebody come at me and say something you will get snapped on real quick (laughs) yeah well that's that's my view on it and I guess that's why I got nervous when you were like let's talk about this because I wanted to be like oh well I'm definitely not shaming anybody into a life of sobriety no (laughs) no not not this girl um but I think it's there's always so much pressure on women, right? So the pendulum can swing either way here. It's either we're pressuring women to do, to go above and beyond, to be primary caregivers and to age well and to assume all of their kids' needs. And I made a new friend at Sam's swim lessons. And so we were talking about how we just thought we were going to be like the best Pinterest moms (laughs) before we actually became Everybody, we're all expected to be June Cleaver. Yes. And we're just not. And (laughs) that's okay. And however you need to get through bath time or dinner time or an earache or whatever else. I think at this point, there is so much going on in the world. There is so much pressure on us that there has never been before. Right. And and social media has a lot to do with Mm -hmm. that. You survive however you can and you do the best that you can 
but <clears throat> also I would say there's freedom. I was going to sound like an AA commercial. There's freedom from addiction, <laughs> but I don't think, you know, the women that I talked to, I would say maybe a handful of them it, admitted that they like that truly they, have they, a problem. Yeah. yeah. And that they were looking for options um, to escape that, which I did find something on the internet called the Sinclair method um, that I would encourage people to look into. And it's sort of a method that either teaches you how to walk away from alcohol or how to manage it. And you know, when to cut yourself off kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, I've heard of that. But yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of it either until I started doing research on all this, but um, it's, and it's like it's, that. Go ahead. I was no, just going to say, I think it all boils down to self-awareness mm-hmm. being the most important and boundaries being the second with yourself boundaries yeah. with yourself, I guess. That's, yeah. the, that's all I got. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think oh, I'm distracted because my dad called and I can't <laughs> believe he's going to be, his little voice is going to be on the podcast. But, but honestly, um, that was so precious. <laughs> um, the, the pendulum swinging, right? So there's all this pressure on women and then we find any means that we can to make ourselves feel better and survive. And then we're criticized for that. Um, so I don't, I don't want this episode to feel like I am criticizing or opening up a can of worms or telling anybody that they shouldn't drink around their children. Cause not this girl, um, <laughs> but you just, again, be mindful of it because as soon as I started realizing how much I observed again on the Instagram, on the TV, on the movies, all the things, it's always there. It's always in the background. It's always uh, like our culture is just <clears throat> surviving around happy hour. And that, and, and then a, a handful of people were like, are we going to talk about like prescription drugs and weed gummies? And I was like, well, I don't know if there's enough information to talk about prescription pills and weed gummies, but I mean, everybody's got their, their things, right? Their vices, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or their means of survival. Um, but that's, I don't know. I just wanted to sort of put that out there that I'm, I'm observing and I am aware of it. And I think there's no harm in, in observing and being aware of it. Um, for, for not just women, but for anybody. Yeah. I mean, I would say probably, especially too, if you're struggling with like infertility, which is what we started this whole podcast journey about, you know, I'm sure those women, you have to be more hyper aware. You do, but then my God, and like, it drives you to drinking because you're so stressed out. I know, out, I know. That's, and you need that's to relax. a double-edged yeah. sword, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, that's, can it like, can you drink if you're like an IVF patient or something? I want to say no, but I don't. I mean, if you can't get sure. your nails done, <clears throat> right. right? Didn't you say that? that like, yeah. You can't. And I think maybe some uh, infertility clinics are more strict than others because I've heard of some people being able to just like 
don't wear deodorant with aluminum in it. And then a friend of mine in Tennessee went through IVF um, outside of Knoxville. And it was absolutely like, you wear clean makeup, don't wear hairspray, don't wear perfume. Like it was very, so maybe it's based on doctors. Maybe it's based on clinics. I don't know. Um, But yeah, like that was even, I mean, that was the, my reason for overconsumption because I was just so freaking pissed that everybody else was getting pregnant. And as I've always said, some women just get to have babies and go home and then other people just have to absolutely fight tooth and nail to get to motherhood. When y'all were trying, did Mm -hmm. you, did you limit yourself? Like, did you drink it all? Were you just like, nature's going to take its course. I'm going to keep like doing you know, doing what I always do or were you like, okay, no, absolutely not. So out of the six miscarriages that we've had, I think it was about even, I think we only tried two or three times like purposely. And then all the other pregnancies were surprises. Um, I was a sober Sally. Um, I was Really? really, yeah, I was really trying to intentional about it. Yeah. To really be cautious about what I was putting into my body. Um, to really give every part of me ample opportunity to be, you know, as healthy as I could be. Right. And um, and then as soon as you find out that you're pregnant, you know, you're you're so excited. And then I was thinking about this the other day when I was in the shower. For me, as soon as I found out that I had miscarried. I was like, well, F this, I'm having a drink, you know, I mean, same exact way. I I asked my doctor when I was, I just, is when my confirmation appointment. So like the thought Mm -hmm. had, I'd already processed, you know, the thought and, you know, she's like, what questions do you have for me? I said, can I have a margarita? Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) immediately. It's just, but that's, that's a totally different reason for drinking. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, she said, yes, but I wouldn't have too much. I'd be like, mm-hmm. hey, Joe, <laughs> lady. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, and I think I never really asked my doctor if I could or not, but I found out by trial and error. Um, I don't know about the yes, but not too much, but I should have waited because it, it always took my hormones and my levels a little bit to come back down. So I yeah. was just brewing a disaster. Well, I think I asked because <clears throat> I was planning on trying like the Cytotec. Oh yeah. Like, so I, and I, I had, did not know anything about Cytotec clearly at that point we, in time. We know now. Um, so I think that's why I was asking. Um, but I don't think I drank during my actual miscarriage process. Like, no, I don't think I, while I was taking it, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, it, it feels like permission. And I, you know, I wrote about that in my book. I'm like, well, I'm so heartbroken and pissed that I can't carry a baby to full term. I will drink excessive amounts of wine, eat obscene amounts of sushi. And I started getting Botox. I'm like, you just kind of run towards, I'm surprised I didn't get a tattoo. I'm like, you just go towards everything (laughs) that you, you can't do when you're pregnant and just lick your wounds, you know? A big middle um, finger, just like Brittany's doing. Oh, poor little Brit. <laughs> Bless her. But I think that's what we do to make ourselves feel better. Yeah, like you just kind of, you have those space fillers and the void fillers um, that 
get you through the day. Um, so again, guys, we don't know what the answer is, but just be <laughs> cautious. If you need to be cautious, be cautious. If you need to be sober Sally, be sober Sally. If you need a glass of wine to get through bath time, cheers. I mean, that's, I mean, it's like Ashley said, everything is so specific and individualized. Um, but one thing that kind of, not to get too woo-woo or kumbaya, but so many of us, um, our inner childs need hugs from like yes. shit that our parents have done. <laughs> so yeah, our Ashley and Bailey's eight-year-old inner children, we are hugging everybody else's eight-year-old inner kid. So yep. anything else, Ashley? Mm. no we just have a few more episodes before season two's over and before you pop out a little chicken nugget well hopefully so i haven't even told you this yet (gasps) what Uh (laughs) uh-huh you know i had i had my appointment yesterday Uh uh-huh so early early this pregnancy i had covid very mild case of covid but i like i don't even remember when it was i want to say around Thanksgiving. I mean, I was still in my first trimester. First trimester was a freaking mess (laughs) for me. But, um, so I went yesterday for a growth ultrasound and of course a checkup. And so y'all are going to just laugh at this, what my doctor approached me with after one of the episodes we've had this summer. So she was like, okay, I want to talk to you about induction. And I, you know, you know me I was like let's go like I already know how I feel about this like I am not being induced you know all that so apparently she is telling me that if you've had COVID during pregnancy they are offering elective inductions starting at 39 weeks um are you bringing this baby sooner I'm not trying to. Okay. I'm going to fight tooth and nail about it. So apparently like I think this is another reason I didn't sleep very good last night is because of course I started researching, <laughs> like seeing what I could find, like where the heck is she getting this information from, you know? Okay. Um, but she apparently is saying that there's, there's a correlation with COVID and preeclampsia and we know with preeclampsia delivery is the only treatment for that so um it's definitely I told her you know like I do not want to be induced obviously if I develop preeclampsia that's a whole other story right like I'm going to be safe about it but she said it could start showing up at 37 weeks which is next week (laughs) I know Bailey just panicked Am I going to have to finish season two by myself? <laughs> I hope not. Like I have, I'm praying so hard over this because it threw me for a total loop. Like I wasn't expecting it at all mm-hmm. to even, you know, I was expecting to be like, yeah, yeah no, I don't want to be induced at all. Like, yeah. End of story. Let's move on. Um, So I'm just, I'm hoping I could definitely see where like, if I developed COVID right now, the yeah. chances of me like getting preeclampsia 
would definitely be higher because my body would be under so much stress from COVID and, you know, COVID loves the little micro vessels in our body and your placenta is nothing but a giant micro vessel. Um, but since I had it so, so, so early on and everything has been great up until this point, you know, I'm just really praying that it doesn't become an issue. So y'all please pray for my, my health and my sanity. Mm, We will. Goodness. And that we get to finish this season. Okay. Yeah. I just dropped a bomb (laughs) on Kaylee. (laughs) I have to go look at my calendar. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh gosh. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope that you learned, I don't know, something, um, (laughs) or just, you know, we're just here to have conversations, to feel more connected and to, you know, just hold our hand up and say, yeah, me too. So, all right. All right. You go not have a baby. I'm going to go wake (laughs) up my baby and we will see everybody next week. Thank you all for listening. Bye.